Cork are in serious trouble. In the Munster Championship, they're going to get beaten. They're going to get beaten early. And when the Cork crowd turn against them, they turn so harsh. The Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Everyone ran their socks off tonight and they left everything out there. We're very proud of the, the team's performance. Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello there, you are listening to episode 18 of the Koi Gig Pod, OTB's home of everything WSL, Irish football and everything else in between. I'm Karen Duggan and with me this week, another super co-captain to save the day, former guest of the pod who was so good that we asked her to fill in as co-host Pearl Slattery. Um, Pearl, here we are, a pea and a shell, breaking bread for the greater good. We're delighted to have you on board this week. Welcome to the pod. Thanks, Avil, Karen. I'm just really happy we're still friends. We haven't well, played, we haven't played each other yet, so that's why we had to get you in this. I wonder early. will I get an invite now when we play to in a few weeks. So I'm please God, I do. Please. God. Well, Emma Carl will be on a little later on to uh, mediate if we do need it, but she'll be here with her WSL team of the week, and after that, Birmingham and Ireland's Louise Quinn will be with us. Um, Pearl, not a great weekend for her um, and her Brummy Irish contingency this weekend. The FA Cup, they. We expected them to lose, I guess. Um, they were playing Chelsea, who are love domestic success. Basically, they, they're going to want to win everything. Yeah, so 5-0 win for Chelsea to be expected, basically. Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at the quarterfinals in general, there was no real shock. They were all, I suppose, the results are, that we all expected. And in fairness to Birmingham, they did well. They stuck in it for a while, but, you know, Quality's got a show and, and Chelsea are just absolutely in flying form. And I think I look at like Chelsea and Arsenal in the WSL, they remind me of Liverpool and City. They're just edging each other on, you yeah. know, the quality, the standards, they're both setting um, and it's continuing into the cup. And, you know, decent, obviously the captain getting a goal just before, before half time kind of settled the nerves. Because obviously, look, the longer the game went on, they'll all, you know, Birmingham are staying in it. Especially in a cup tie, you think, oh, maybe it'll be one of those moments. Absolutely. Because when I was watching, I was thinking the longer this game goes on now, Birmingham just, and look, in fairness, they probably scored at a perfect time. And um, Spence then obviously, you know, getting on the, on the score sheet in the 50th minute. And, you know, she's done well. I think that was her 50th mm. goal for Chelsea. And I think she got an assist in the game as well. So, look, she doesn't play week in, week out. But when she does, like a lot of Emma's players, they come in, they make their mark, don't they? And that yeah, just tells you. It just shows the quality and the depth the that they have. The they have yeah. is, is incredible. Beth England then, two goals. Again, another quality player that's, you know, been kept out by Claire. If you, mm-hmm. if you look at the seasons, not getting in as much as she'd probably like. So she's another one now. And that's brilliant, healthy competition. When players are coming on in a cup game or whatever game it might be, they want to make their mark. And as a manager, as a squad, that's the kind of competition you want. And then obviously Charles round off. So yeah, yeah, look, as expected, Karen. Absolutely. Yeah, and we that that strength and depth, we, we've spoken about it before, but it when City had all their injury problems, they were just imploding at the start of the year. We didn't know what kind of season it would turn out. But when they got those players back, they've they've upped it a level in the last few weeks. Um they beat Everton very easily again, 4 0. Um, tough week for Everton in general. Um, yeah. le- led by Lauren Hemp, who we we speak about quite often on this podcast. Um, what a talent she is. Um, but City looking going like they're going from strength to strength. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't get enough of Lauren Hemp. I mm. probably haven't been on it to voice my 
my love for her but like she's what you want from a winger isn't she so direct so dynamic she's just involved and i do wonder you know obviously when they had the injury she was still there their training light, yeah. yeah like she was the one keeping them i suppose there and thereabouts they're sitting i think fourth in the league now they have this cup semi-final now to look forward to and i think that you know they're growing and forming obviously having bronze and the likes back from injury and i think mm-hmm. caroline Ware as well deserves a lot of credit she's obviously been a few weeks ago wasn't getting in and it has come in then the last few weeks of I, i've seen her go as a trade from her you know picks her up with a second ball in the midfield and and drives at them and then with that one the left foot it was lovely and all and then ellen ellen white then rounding off for them which is you know she's the ultimate number nine for me she's mm. not on fancy car and she plays in between the the post she scores your scruffy goals you know type of center every team line. needs one though everyone oh. team needs a, a player and that you know can what do they're that. not around enough i'm telling you everyone yeah. you know teams overplay so much where ellen white is just constantly plays in between the lines and look rounded off but yeah look another I suppose result we were expecting and as you said a tough week or so for everything yeah and another striker who's banging foreign is Blacksinius for Arsenal um, obviously we're not looking forward to facing her from an Irish perspective but um, she got the opener a header she can kind of she can do it all really head feet like score scrappy ones score good ones um Paris got in on it. Medema obviously inevitably yeah, yeah. scored, but playing against Coventry, yeah, like you say, an inevitable result. Expected, but for the likes of Blackstenius, you know, it was good because it took her a while, I felt, to get mm-hmm. into the, the rhythm of the WSL. And now she seems to be flying, which is brilliant. And look, playing with the likes of Medema and Mead is, is only going to help her. But I was also looking at the, the starting 11 Friday night when the game was on. Like, it was a great opportunity to play the likes of Heat. Paris, who's um, you know not played much. Knobs, who mm. if you remember a few years ago, Karen was probably the first pick in the Arsenal team and hasn't really been getting too many minutes with the quality they brought in. Um, Beatty as well, getting I suppose a little run in the cup, which was great for Arsenal because yeah, I suppose for the manager it was perfect perfect timing to get players like that that they haven't got much in. But look, four nil. Um, move on to the next focus on the league. I think for them, delighted to be in the semi final. But I would have been shocked now if. Yeah, it should have gone any other way. Yeah, an Arsenal win. So, um, yeah. the the closest game then was West Ham, and they won one nil over Ipswich. They they had a big game midweek, so they they rested a couple of players. They just had that little bit more class to edge out Ipswich, but big credit to Ipswich, obviously Championship team. Yeah, they showed a good fight as well. I felt mm. goalkeeper think, played really well in particular. Yeah, I was just about to say she made some cracking saves. I think it was you know the twenty odd minute. I think Lisa Evans got the goal and look, she signed from Arsenal, didn't she? So yeah. West Ham have a lot of expectations for her and you know perfect. You know scoring the winner in a cup game, they'd been expecting stuff like that. Oh, Lisa Evans and obviously just to mention West Ham as well. Robin, Robin Jesse on us as well. So they'll have. Yeah, it. I was gonna get to that. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice little player now. <laughs> Squads in the summer, my heart is broke because obviously I've seen Jess come up since a young, young age. But mm. look, like you, Cardin, when we see anybody moving on from the Women's National League, it's brilliant. I'm excited to see how she gets on. And yeah, look, a great little cup win for West Ham. They'd be delighted. You know, they're sitting mid table six, I think, the WSL and now cup semi final to look forward to. So look, all looking good for them. It is. And they were the ones that threw the spanner in the work midweek in the WSL games. Obviously, Arsenal weren't playing, so Chelsea had a, a chance to pop in. But the West Ham Man United result was the that one-all draw. That that puts the cat amongst pigeons for that Champions League place because Man United have been going really well. They looked like they were going to see out this kind of tough game away to West Ham, miserable conditions. 
but then 92nd minute Fisk yeah. popped up with an equaliser that they'll be Mark Skinner will be fuming with that oh kicking himself and I think when I was watching it when she scored the goal I didn't even know who would actually scored but mm. I was thinking what a killer but what a the opposite header. for Man-, Man City now. I think three points behind them now. I think they have a game in hand. Am I right in saying they that, do. City? Mm-hmm. So all to play for now. Like, look, the four, fourth and second spots of battle and then third and fourth. I mean, what more? Yeah, it's really, int- it's it's really so exciting. exciting. Yeah. And as you said, like looking at that result, I thought, you know, United, just the form they were in and, you know, the standards they've been setting. Obviously, Diana's went in as well and has been slotting in brilliantly. Brilliantly, which is yeah. Brilliant to see, like, great for her and... Um, Interesting results. So, look, fascinating last few weeks of this season. I can't wait. And yeah, three points in it now between the two two Manchester sides. It, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, Man City so impressive against Reading and two nil winners. They're like they're, they're just firing. I know. Yeah, Them and oh. it was one of those games. Okay, it looked two nil. It doesn't look like anything, but in terms of possession and shots, I think Grace Maloney faced something like twelve shots on target. They had thirty in general, and Reading had one. And like that just kind of tells the story of the game. Similarly, Chelsea, Everton, Chelsea 3-0 winners, again, comfortable. Everton, who we thought were maybe turning the corner last week, back to their kind of old ways. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, kind of a write-off of a season for them. Jesus Grace, just going back to the Red yeah. game, she pulled off some saves, some saves. Yeah. Look, unlucky, but as you said, 2-0 probably doesn't, you know, do it justice. I mean, you know, Grace was keeping them out for a long period. Um, and Hems, I just can't say any more about her. And obviously, Demi Stokes then coming up with the force with a nice left foot as she's she's done over the years. And then, yeah, tough week for everything. I think, you know, I, I was listening to Emma's interview after the game and she said it was nice to have other goal scorers other than Kerr on the, on, on the, on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. It's nice to, I suppose, not just depend on Kerr, although she did score, to have other scorers. Obviously, going to be so important coming to the last few, few games of the league as well. But yeah, tough week, tough week for everything. Yeah, and we obviously can't have a Shelburne captain on the pod without having a bit of WNL talk. Um, you obviously were away to Athlone. It's one of those that we expect Shelburne to win it, but it's a potential banana skin. Athlone, a very difficult team to play against. I don't think people realise they see some of the scorelines. Maybe they're not picking up points, but I've found them very, very difficult to play against. How did you find them at the weekend? Oh, that's what, like, I suppose my main focus coming up to that game is, like you've said there, Karen, people expect us to win that game, mm. but it was never going to be that easy. And I suppose from the Monday to the to the Saturday game, we were, you know, driven on that, that we knew how tough it was from last season. It took us 60 odd minutes to get Air Force call last season. So we knew it was going to be a battle. I mean, since you've come into the league last year, they've done so well. And mm-hmm. especially when you play them in that loan, it is tough. I mean, we went in, um, you know, 30 odd minutes gone and there was nothing between us really in, yeah. in that game. And look, obviously delighted to come out with, with a 2-0 win, but you know, there's some cracking players. They've made new signings. They've an American girl. I think she is up front now, you know, a top three or a threat. They've obviously Mirren Devaney and sent our mate who you all know well and had, had plenty of battles with, I'm sure. Yeah. But, Definitely, you know, away to Athlone is a tough, tough one ground. to watch. Definitely, yeah, how Athlone progressed during the year. And speaking of progress, just want to give a shout out to Sligo. Picked up their first points, pretty historic. They've settled into the league. Obviously, they had a tough start. Um, they were missing a couple of players against us uh, at P Mount on that first game. But to come away from a court game with a win to get three points on the board this early, um, big credit to them. Yeah, it's brilliant. They obviously was looking at the game. Um, their last home game there in the crowd they got, which was. 
you know, we were only talking on the last podcast, Tara, mm. wouldn't it be great? You know, other clubs now could start getting a crowd. And I mean, that's unbelievable for the Women's National League. So it was brilliant then a week later for them to go away to Cork after, you know, two two tough, tough results and, and to get that win. I know young Emma Doherty, she's a cracking little player. Then, you know, what a finish from Gemma McGuinness as well mm. to put them 1-0 up. So a great boost for them. And, and I suppose it's nice to see that, you know, they've come into the league and, I mean, you don't want them losing every single week. And look, with Hans as a, as a captain and their manager, you know, there's a good squad there, a good group. And, you know, hopefully now that they can they can drive on a little bit now, a bit yeah. of confidence from that win away to Cork, which is not easy. Yeah, and then I suppose the other standout game that a lot of the top half of the table would have been looking at was the meeting of DLR Waves and Galway, two teams who a lot of people have tipped to break into the top two, top three this season. Um, it ended in a draw, I suppose, from our point of view, that's a good result for us um, <laughs> that they took points off each other. But uh, it, two quality sides um, seeing it out. Uh, so, yeah, an interesting battle there. Yeah, definitely. I think from last season, we know DLR and Galway can get a result at any stage. And both oh, I know it too well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to mention it again. We spoke about that last yeah, week. Yeah. We'll it's a new season, Karen. It's a new yeah, season. Yeah, we have okay. the rest of the podcast to get through as friends as well. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, look, they're definitely pushing. And, you know, DLR Galway, they'll want to be in the top three. Obviously, I think we'd heard it was 1-0 at one stage to DLR. And we are thinking, geez, that would have been 3-0-3 mm. for DLR. And then, in fairness to Galway, and pulled one back late on. I heard then, you know, either side could have won it. But in terms of ourselves and Wexford, it's a good result, definitely. Yeah. Any of the top five, I suppose, dropping points to each other is a good result for the rest of us, you know? Yeah, and I think it just goes to show how tight it's going to be at the top. <laughs> well, thanks for that input there, Pearl. The Koi Gig pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. If you have any opinions, suggestions or thoughts on what we've just been discussing, get them into us on Twitter on at off the ball using the hashtag OTB Koigig. We would love to hear them. Now it's that time of the pod. Things were a bit more spread out with the FA Cup this week, but Emma, who have you gone for in your team of the week? Yeah, it feels like a long time since most of these matches happened. So I have... Um, inserted a few FA Cup players just to tide us over with the lack of fixtures this week. Uh, we, will, we won't fight with you on that. We usually <laughs> fight with you on a lot of things, but we'll allow it this week. So I've gone for um, Maloney in goal, McCabe, Flaherty, Caldwell and Bronze at the back. Uh, midfield two of Spence and Little and then Paris, Cuthbert, Hemp and Kerr up front. Yeah, do you know what? So, I'm actually, I'm, I'm delighted for you. You must have in, but you got two in this week. Um, normality more normality is a special shout out to Grace Maloney because, like we said before, she she faced something. She faced an onslaught in that game oh, against yeah. Man City, and to have kept it to two 0 was a massive feat. I know often when they score more than one goal, we don't like to put that goalie in there, but you couldn't ignore the pressure she was under in that game. Yeah, she done so well. Like she kept it. I think it was maybe around the sixty fifth. It was when Lauren Hemp came on where. They actually ended up getting a goal, but yeah, she was just excellent. Like it could have been like six by half time, nearly like some of the saves that she made wasn't just she definitely deserves a spot this week. And uh lucky me. Yeah. <laughs> that I get exactly. to put her in there. <laughs> and obviously you mentioned hemp. Uh, me and Pearl were speaking about her. She's she's nearly a constant in there. At that she couldn't stage. not go in there, yeah. She came on, I think, about the 60th minute in the WSL game and then 
I think she went off around 65 in the FA Cup game. And in that period of time, she got three assist, three goals and one assist, I think. So ridiculous. she's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I could have been more. She had, I think she hit a couple off the post as well. So ah, she's yeah. just... Yeah. She's probably one of the players of the season so far. Yeah, we're starting season. to see more and more Man City players creeping in because they are obviously showing a lot of quality. You also have Lucy Bronze in there. She's getting back to her best, I think. And I don't... <laughs> she plays right back, but she's a bit like, you know, if you look at the Premier League, like Trent Alexander-Arnold and Cancelo, where she just drives into the middle and she could be nearly a 10 or else she is just down that wing and she's whipping balls in. And a lot of City's goals actually came from her starting off the play and her whipping balls in I just thought she's getting yeah, back to her she best actually, I was watching the game she was so direct then wasn't she and she spent a lot of the I suppose the, the game in, in the opposition's half and she you know she loves those little runs inside or outside and as you said I think she's coming back to her best I think you know she was out for a long time the first few weeks she was just finding her feet and now we're really starting to see Lucy Bronze you know like the old Lucy Bronze, but I want to just give a little mention to Kim Little. I don't know if you've seen that clip. Same, I was just, away. I was dying oh to, to bring it up. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Like I was, I, was saying to, I was saying to Karen earlier, I was over at the Arsenal and Birmingham game and I was just watching her. I mean, it just looks like she just constantly has space. Nobody can get near her. She just floats around the pitch, like as elegant as you like. And that little clip then during the week just summed her up. Two players all over and she's just torns out of it not a, not a bother to her so well deserved mention for him little I think yeah it's, I think um, she's one that can nearly go yeah. into the team nearly every week she's I, like, I would and I'd never argue with it no yeah, yeah. Um, another person who's kind of like that is Sam Kerr we spoke about the just having an out and out nine someone who just has that eye for goal she was back on it again this week yeah I went with Kerr because she played the WSL match and I was trying to keep the team uh, WSL focus Ooh, who but you, you know was challenging her but Beth England scored two goals and yeah. it was really good in um, the FA Cup as well and then Blackstenius was brilliant as well um, but I think we've given Blackstenius a lot of love over the last few weeks so yeah we need to taper and, it off before the international game <laughs> exactly yeah we don't her want down. <laughs> we're making our head very big here before she plays it no, I'm sure she's flat out listed telling all her mates oh, yeah. how much we're talking about her yeah exactly <laughs> um, no I just think like I think Kara is instrumental and she has like just been scoring like for fun in the last recent weeks and we haven't given her much mention. So yeah, I think she just get, gets the nod because as I said, I was trying to go with a bit more of the WSL mm. than leaning into the FA Cup. But um, And what's your opinion there? Chelsea, obviously a couple of points off. Are they your favourites at the moment? <laughs> Are we afraid to say it? Yeah. Like, it's so, it's so tight have, at the top. It is. I so suppose, tight. you know, like we probably have a bit of a soft spot for Arsenal, I think, because mm. of just the history there with Irish players and obviously McKay being there as well. You kind of want them to win it, but Chelsea might have the momentum. Oh, big call, big call. Um, well, thank you so much again, Emma. I, not a hybrid team of the week between FA Cup and <laughs> WSL, but actually very much in agreement with this. So what do you reckon at home? Do you reckon Emma nailed it like we did? Um, was anyone left out? Are we entirely wrong? Let us know. Get your thoughts and opinions into us on Twitter using at off the ball and the hashtag OTB Gig. Now joining us on the podcast is someone we can fairly safely say is one of the greats of the Irish football team. Louise Quinn, we've had your housemates on. We've been waiting to get you on. Delighted you're here with us. Thanks a million for joining I know it's all they talk about. It's all they've been uh, bragging and about, and really I've been so waiting, well. waiting for my invitation, and I'm happy it's here. 
I must have got lost in the post. I don't know what that's about. We'll have a word. We'll have a word with the producers. Um, no, we're delighted to have you on. Obviously, you've got many stories to tell. Um, long, illustrious career. Not saying you're older, Anthony. Many more years left in the tank. But you've had lots of ups and downs, highs and lows. Where would you say Lakeside FC losing to Piltana AFC in oh, the community wow. games under 14 semi-final ranks in terms wow. of those lows? <laughs> Am I going to bring up the controversial um, scenario in Rompilton? You bring up what you want, but just know that I have the inside scoop on the people who edit this podcast. So Right, yeah. I'll keep going. I'll talk about this for the full 20 minutes. Um, Listen, I think it's it's obviously something that's shaped me as (laughs) as a person. But when someone who actually doesn't live in the parish is playing for a pill town. I actually okay. find that that's tough. That's a, uh, that goes against the morals of what Look, the, parish is a state of what the community it's a state games. Of <laughs> about what community games are about Karen, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. sorry. We go way back. We go way back. Um, and obviously after Lakeside, we joined up at Piemount and um, you then moved to Eskilstuna in Sweden. Um, that was an interesting one. So you'd obviously finished up in UCD at that point and gone to Carlo. I think I remember yeah. you playing for Carlo and probably the most stacked InterVarsities team I've yeah. ever seen. It was cheating, I actually <laughs> felt. Um, but the, the deal to go to Sweden, um, that's not something that many people would have done around that time in particular. It wasn't as many people going pro. Um, how did that move come about? Um, to be honest with you, like it, it actually started with, um, obviously it was in my mind that I wanted to kind of get abroad, but really it, it really started from Fiona O'Sullivan. I was rooming with her in the national team. She was just like, Lou, this is for you. And I was just like, I, I don't know. I, like, She's I convincing. I would, have, I would do what I'm told by her. As well. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and so she was like, right, here you go. Like, here's an agent. Let's just, you know, give it a go. See if you like something. If you don't you know, doesn't just as long, like, she's just like, I just think you should give it a go. And that was kind of it. And that was almost like the step into, into Carlo as well was, um, was actually more just training every day at a high level with men. Um, and obviously a lot, like so many talented women as well that we, that we had in our team. And it was, uh, for me, it was trying to just make that step up and then obviously just wait for that moment to, you know, to try get abroad when, seasons kind of fit it um, and yeah and I got a chance in a second division team in in Sweden uh, Eskilstuna and they were just looking to to want to grow the team um, so much and you know I feel like the yeah the trajectory of that was is probably I couldn't have had it better to be honest yeah fit in probably with your own ambitions you were like you say dipping your toe into professionalism so you didn't want to go somewhere not play games and it maybe backfire a little bit on you. And we've seen that a little bit, girls going abroad and maybe having to go out and loan and stuff. So um, to find the right fit kind of first time of asking was a big thing because you, you stayed there for a good long period. Yeah, I was there for, I was there for four seasons um, and it was, yeah, literally got, get promoted the first year, um, you know, then get into the Damelsvenskan, so the top league, you know, finish a really respectable mid-table. Um, and then we were, we should have actually won the league in the third year um, that had happened, but we, we still got Champions League out of it. And it was just something, yeah, that I, it, it just taught me everything, you know, that I kind of needed to know even about myself as a person, how to be a professional, you know, the lifestyle there is very, 
yeah, they're just very healthy and they're all vibrant and, you know, great. Everything they do. Yeah, I know. I know. Spice. But they were, they were just, yeah, it was just great in that way. But everything was for the national team, basically. The reason I was doing it was I wanted to be, yeah, the starting centre-back in the national team for as long as I could, really. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Karen, sorry, just on that, just in terms of moving to Sweden then, Obviously, I played against you a few times with PE Mount. I'll never forget trying to win win headers against you on the pitch. I definitely didn't miss that when you when you moved on. But um, was moving to Sweden, yeah, as you said, you were away in the professional life and, and did it help you then? Obviously, you moved on to Arsenal then. I think you had four years with Arsenal then. But, I mean, what was the big difference from moving from National League then to a professional environment like Sweden and then obviously leading into Arsenal, Florentina and then, you know, to Birmingham now where you're at now you know yeah I think it was it was just the complete change about just about just training every day and even again we were this I think just the culture in Sweden was perfect because you know what they they almost act professional not professional from a young age but everything they do in school is actually based around sports and it's about mixed sports and it's about um like equality in the in the country like everything about it you know you do your PE classes you do we used to coach some of the football teams that were in school we used to have to just grade them by just playing football and that was maybe even just their attitude not even their ability but just like how they how they tried to take it on we were you know they lift you know weights from about 40 like could be from like 14 15 obviously very basic stuff just general movements then there's, you know, there were some of them then that were literally squatting more than we could. Like that's how talented some of them were. And it just, it just brought this, a base that, you know, sport is, sport is the biggest, you know, a massive part of life. Um, you know, and it just, it just kind of bred that environment. And then, so it was so hard not to, not to take it on and, and, and not to do it. And I was then, you know, living, so living with Ayla Barsley for the whole time. And I would have found it really difficult if she, if she wasn't there. Um, you know, we were, we were literally stuck at the hip for the, you know, for the three, four years that I was there. But then we also lived with a Swede then as well. So we were just, we were just copying what she was doing. <laughs> we're like, she, yeah, she's great. She's healthy. She's like a grateful. Well, let's just do what she's doing. And it was literally, I, I still take, you know, even how I kind of approach food and everything forward from the time that I was, that I was in Sweden. It just taught me, yeah, it taught me so much. Oh, that's so interesting because even when you're looking at lineups, when you look at the Swedes underage right the way through to senior, they all have this kind of Scandinavian like physique. There's not one of them who'd say doesn't look like a professional athlete. Mm. And that's not to take away from us in Ireland. We obviously come in all shapes and sizes and you should be able to play like that. But um, they just seem to have a different base. Do you think that that's something in Ireland we need to look at? Pearl, obviously you're really involved in in the underage structures, but we're only kind of getting those programs running now. They obviously started from somewhere like that as well. Do you think we need to be getting into primary schools? What what do you think it will is that will take us to the next level? Like, yeah, pers- for me, it's, it, it just has to be the schools. And I, I just saw it firsthand and some of it is so simple Mm. um and that was you know and it was and it works it works then both ways so a a massive part of Esco's Tuna's success was that we just literally submerged ourselves in the community 
like there, there was times I was teaching English lessons and I was like, I don't even, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but I'm, they're going to listen to this. It's like book. me on this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. Don't know what you're doing, um, but you're doing it really well. But no, like that, that was actually it. Like we just, we, we were a part of everything. We went, we taught PE classes. We taught English classes. Sometimes like, I mean, you, you would just go in and actually talk about football and your career and just try ask people questions and, and just start a conversation with, with teenagers. And then that would then some of them be like, Oh yeah, I actually, I re- I really like football. And then we were the, we were the biggest club in the town and it was just like the community just completely trusted us. Um, like me and Vela did a, a bake off in the town. We, we stood outside in the rain, handed out tickets to games. Um, we, we, we literally did everything. We were like a, a babysitting service at times as well. You know, it was, we just did it all. But then that was, we started with 200 people coming to games and at like our highest peak, I think it was uh, around 6,500 people coming to games um, and they actually had to put extra seats into the stadium to get it done. Like that's how far it went. And it was purely just, we were the biggest team in the city, like bigger than any of the, the two or three men's teams that we had. But there's definitely a lesson there for what Irish teams could be doing um, as well, just in terms of putting yourself out there and piquing interest in its kids mostly, like realistically in the women's game, but they're the kids who will grow up to hopefully join your club and and continue the legacy there. Um, so it's really interesting. There's obviously a lot we have to learn and you obviously did sports management as well. Um, so you can bring all that knowledge hopefully back to Ireland someday and we'll see Louise Quinn Academies. <laughs> Kildare, I'll just... Will we? I'll just- in Wicklow, Wicklow, sorry. Um, in Kildare. I did go to yeah. school in Kildare and played football in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. It, it is a big one though, Louise, because obviously you're already ambassador as well, aren't you? At the primary fives, like, and we see it in the FEI, Karen, that mm. on those programs, like, we get a lot of girls participating, but then it's turning that into getting them into clubs and actually playing and staying and playing the game, and that's it. I suppose a big challenge we have in this country. So it's interesting to hear the way you go in and they go and support the games. So what's it, what has it been like in I suppose the, any of the countries you've played in the last few years in terms of when you are going into the schools, are the clubs trying to capture the players to, you know, because a lot of the schools I w- would have worked as a development officer. A lot of schools you go in, you tell the girls about, it, and they don't really even know where their local club is at times, which is, you know, quite frightening. So there's a lot of learning for us. Um, in terms of skills and the impact it can have, but it's turning those participation figures, if you like, into registered players. And that's what we're trying to, I suppose, aim to do over the next few years, especially in this country, you know? Yeah. So like I would say by far Sweden, it, uh, in Sweden, it was, it was the best. Um, you know, I think I, uh, obviously the game now in England and even, you know, when I first went into the league was, was huge but then I don't know if it was just that I was with Arsenal at the time Mm. that if maybe there's a little bit of I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like snobbery to it it's kind of like oh we're not gonna go out looking for fans or going to schools and Mm. encouraging people we're like you know we're Arsenal whoever the legacy is their thing as opposed to exactly because it was always something yeah like where you always want to do more in the community and there was you know there was an absolutely brilliant don't get me wrong, a brilliant setup, especially uh, right in by the, the Emirates Stadium. And it's like, it's called like the Arsenal Hub and, you know, loads of loads of school kids go in there. But, I, you know, we were based out towards St. Albans and Bournemouth. And I was like, there's not 
one time that you can maybe see just a bunch of school kids, maybe mm-hmm. with a teacher or maybe with something that are actually, oh yeah, we actually, we, we heard about the game. Someone came to the school, you know, it was, it was very rare. Um, and then, yeah, that would be, that would be kind of the same, you know, the same, the same in Italy. Um, it just it wasn't massively a thing and you can, you can see such a, you know, such a kind of difference in that. Um, but obviously I think teams, reputations in English in England stands stands mm. them and you know that's how you're going to get a lot of fans but you know but I've done a lot now with like uh like blues in the community as well so again going into kind of like inner city and stuff like that and I just I just love it um you know and there's such a there's such a diverse um population in Birmingham as well um you know so I, I went in like right very close to the stadium and they were like right we kind of need to walk through this like back gate, we're just going into a field. It was pitch black, but I could just see like lights up in the distance um, and going and there was just, you know, a bunch of girls there, kind of South Asian community. And it, it was like they were under, like if you were in a, a studio and someone just brought like, they just brought like four <laughs> lights and just put them on each corner of the pitch. So it was only like a, a barely a, a 20 by 30 square but these girls and it was pitch black. It was freezing. Like literally they were like, just be careful when you're walking through, like watch your foot and there's loads of stuff around. Da, 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 da. And, but these girls just, and then two goals and they're just having a wait of a time. Like it didn't matter. It didn't matter, or, you know, how you can set up football as long as you can. Um, and just giving, giving people opportunities. Mm-hmm. But I think coming to that and just trying to get, you know, players like ourselves involved, you know, it would be something as well if, well, that's it. The girls, in, in the girls want to play, but if they're going to run into, say, a Louise Quinn and just casually run in and have a chat with her and you kind of tell them, well, these are the beginnings that I had as well. Like mm. they'll start to see, oh, well, this is maybe something that I can start to achieve. I live around the corner from the stadium. Why not? Um, but it's great. So you, if you can tell from the way you're speaking that you already have a big affinity to the Birmingham and, and to the community. You're, you're not there that long, but you came in and obviously so highly regarded that they made you captain straight away. So um, I'm just really interested in that because sometimes you can go into a club and they, you're made captain maybe, and it doesn't work out. <clears throat> Harry Maguire. Um, but <laughs> what, what was that like? How, how did you approach the dressing room? Because it, it's a new club, brand new people. You want to go in, you want to make friends. Obviously, it's a new part of the country for you. Um, I suppose you were lucky you had some friends there already. So you already had kind of like a comfort level. But it must have been a new dynamic to go in as captain. Yeah, that was definitely, I think it was one of those. And not that it was, not that it was made easier, but the entire, the almost the entire group was new. Mm. Um, and then we had about seven Irish as well, which was just great. Um, so they were just used to it. Um, no, but it was just, it was one of those where, like, I don't know, I think, you know, everyone could come in, kind of, yeah, stamp their authority. Um, obviously at the time when Scott was coming in, you know, he he was telling me that he was he was trying to, you know, sign me a few years back as well. Um, so maybe it was just something that's, yeah, that he, that he had in his head. Um, but obviously it was, I, I was genuinely surprised um, because as you say, it's, you just, I've literally just signed, you come in, um, you know, and, you, and you're actually trying to find your own feet as well, to be honest. So it was like trying to get that balance of, okay, we have about 
16 new girls here. Um, you know, and, and it's, it was fairly open that the club was going through a, a difficult stage. And obviously that was the girls that were there. So Harriet Scott and, and Christy Murray, um, Rebecca Holloway were already, were already there and, it, and had been through it and kind of knew so much about the club. Um, but for me then it was like, I, I just went in straight away and just had to, just had to learn everything, especially what happened the season before um, and just see, yeah, where like, what can be changed and where and um yeah for me it's I'm like I'm still I'm still learning massively there like I've you know I'm yeah 31 now but I haven't I haven't always been like a captain I think I've always been like a leader in a team but then uh like Pearly now you said like it's a captain it is just that slightly different dynamic of yeah when things maybe aren't going well you really kind of you take it on um you know and and it's yeah. it's one of those tough moments and, and dynamics mm. when things just aren't going well you do take it on and and you know you, you kind of feel to blame sometimes even though yeah Louise I was actually going to ask you I was talking to Karen earlier I was dying to I suppose wreck your brain about the whole captaincy thing and mm. obviously being in the WSL and it's funny you've brought up that point because one of my first questions would have been you know obviously is there now fighting obviously at the bottom of the league and with great pride look I've been watching the last few weeks I was obviously over at your game at Arsenal yeah. as well and uh, I'd met you then. But just in terms of, you know, fighting relegation and I would have felt that, you know, the last two or three years with Shells when we hadn't won anything, you know, it was like a weight on my shoulder almost. As captain, you you know, you feel everything. And as you said, it's like you put so much pressure on yourself. And I'd be just interested here, I suppose, how are you dealing with a personally fighting, fighting relegation and then how are you keeping the group motivated? Obviously, you know, when you are, I suppose, losing and then obviously fighting that relegation battle and how are you keeping the environment going and the group, as I said, motivated? Um, yeah, personally, it's kind of, I think genuinely in the last two years, um, I've, I've learned so much about myself um, yeah. just, and just, and just the challenges that have come kind of in football. So it's, it's, and that's down to even stuff with the Irish team. Um, you know, that the pure disappointment of not qualifying for Euros. That's, you know, that's yeah. that's gonna that's gonna stick with me, you know, all the time. But just but I also kind of I use that as as a bit of fuel um as well. And then obviously going um, yeah, if we're gonna go pandemic, but then you're like, yeah, not having a, a contract with with Arsenal, that being up, um, you know. Basically, I had like I felt got rejected. It was kind of like I wanted to stay in England, but there wasn't a really opportunity there for me. So that's why I I basically had to go to Italy, and it maybe wasn't it wasn't actually maybe a a path that I was thinking about taking. You know, I kind of wanted to stay, um, you know, stay in England, and so that was to move then. You know, at the in July the start of the pandemic and. To completely, you know, I already hadn't seen my family properly, you know, in a few months, and then I just had to up pack and go to, you know, to to Florence, which is obviously stunning. But like, you know, when you're kind of doing that out on a limb, you know, not going to go and what's what's happening. I think I just really, I net, I've, I'm far more kind of relaxed, and my head is more relaxed because I'm kind of like, you know, what I've I've been through it now. I think I've hit that thing where I'm kind of like been there done that got the t-shirts like it's football we love it you know uh, what is the worst that can happen that if if you do lose a game or if you go down yes in the moment it's it is it's really difficult but 
it has me personally, it's made me, I think, like a, a better, a better person and player for it. Even though obviously in the moment it's it's really difficult. And I think just trying to get that across to the girls. And it is, it genuinely is something that's it's it's so disappointing after some games. But honestly, the group are the group are so good. Like, you know, spirits are still high. We we still love going into training every day. And it's still like fighting, and, yeah. Yeah, like there's still so much fight and you're still, there's so much to be said for, yeah, like at least if you know, I just kind of keep telling them, just just do your best. If you literally can just say that you've really tried everything, left it all on the pitch, left it all on the training pitch, left it all in the gym, you know, everything that you do in your own personal life that you've just kind of given everything, well, surely, you know, you can you can actually just hold your head up and be like, you know what, we've done our best and in this, and and now it's kind of, it's proving in this league that if you actually don't have the investment and the money, it is going to, it is going to make teams kind of suffer a little bit. And again, it's, it's quite, it is quite open that, yeah, that, that blues the, like the funding that's going into the women's side. It's, it, it's very, it's, it's a lot lower compared to the, the other WSL, um, uh, other teams so yeah it's it is getting to the stage where you know it's just trying to keep people motivated and just literally just try keep them happy on the pitch and I think the new like the new coaches that have come in as well definitely brought a new energy and have this you know new spirit as well about the you know about the place so at least we're kind of we're still going in and enjoying going training every day but it's yeah I think maybe there obviously is still some kind of mental blocks when we go into into games playing with a bit of fear and I think that's something that you can kind of only with experience learn how to get rid of it to yeah. be honest God, you've hit on so many <laughs> issues that women have to play space in sport there between like contracts being out and just resources and and all the rest of it the highs and lows um but you're like when you speak like the leadership exudes out of you um you were vice captain for a long time obviously in your team you'd captained underage teams and then under Sue Ronan and then when Colin came in and obviously Emma Byrne retired we kind of thought that it would just be a natural fit for you to step up into captaincy but Colin obviously wanted to put his own stamp on things um was there a part of you that was disappointed with that I know you were still quite young at that point were you disappointed or was it just you took the approach that I'm still going to be a leader of this team because obviously you said you even moved abroad for the national team. And I think that that's a common thread. I think most people, they don't go, like I said, you don't go abroad to make your millions. You don't even know if you have a contract from one season yeah. to the next. It is to represent your country um, for most Irish girls who are abroad. But it was just something that I kind of thought of from, from my time there. Is there anything just in that, any little hint of uh, F him? <laughs> he's gone he won't he, I'm not I'm sure he's not listening. oh yeah no no he's definitely <laughs> here and I, yeah I, yeah and I really yeah I really don't care but it's, uh, <laughs> that was in but it was uh that was yeah that was definitely something and it is something I haven't overly spoken about and mm. but you know at the time and and maybe obviously you were in the group it definitely was something that I was disappointed about um but not to you know I think it was more just the process that was kind of taken towards mm-hmm. it because you should, nothing should ever be given and you should never just assume that that's going to happen. Um, but it obviously was at the time a role that I was, 
yeah, just like just enjoying. And then when you have, you know, Emma Byrne, who's the, the leader and the, the captain, leader, you know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? And just you're just kind of like, yeah, like this is absolutely grand. Um, and you just and you, again, you just try, you just try learn from her. And it's it's just been something, yeah, where I've tried to be a leader in every team, but. I think, yeah, it was it was the approach that was taken that it was actually it was actually Casey who told me, yeah, um, the, the like twenty minutes before it was being announced, you know, and she and and Katie at the time was what she was twenty one, I think, 21, at the time, yeah. like that is you know, and that was even that was just something that popped into her head to be like, you know, for, for check in with Louise, yeah, yeah, but obviously it was it was I think it was a real surprise to all of us, yeah, definitely. Um, but is this as in like, you know, the best thing that could have happened? Absolutely. But back in that stage, it was kind of like, wow, this is, this is a shakeup. This is. Well, there was a, there was a few bits like that going on around that time. Um, yeah. It wasn't the smoothest transition <laughs> for Colin to come yeah. in or also the way he put his stamp on things. I think there was um, a lot of unexpected things happen in 2017-ish, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. But like, and that, that was the same. There was Anya in that group. There was Fahey mm-hmm. in that yeah. I mean, like there's, you know, there were so many leaders and all that stuff but mm. for me it's just Jimmy and but how how Casey approached it I think you know she's been fantastic for such a young age yeah, yeah the way she's but grown I, into the role yeah I think it, I think it was it was tougher in the first couple mm-hmm. of years to, to take that responsibility you could see it you could see that you just want to give her the freedom the, that's to- the thing that I I would have thought I would say Katie's she's mm. a street player she lives off that kind of yeah, like boldness yeah. like yeah. um but she's obviously like infiltrated that kind of leadership into the way she plays and stuff now. So she's absolutely bossing it there. Um, On positive notes in terms of Ireland, things are going, dare we say it, they're going very well. They're going, they're on track. I mean, I was saying it to Nifahi, we wouldn't have spoken about qualifying for a World Cup really before. It would have been maybe we'll hope for the Euros, but things are going well. You're up there in the 90s caps, like um, you'll be catching Neve there soon. So how are you feeling Mm -hmm. going into camp? You're going in quite soon. Yeah, we're going in the, what is this, the the 5th of April. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll be going in, having a start in the camp in Ireland and then we'll travel over to Sweden then. Nice easy um, one. Yeah, grand. <laughs> handy, handy. Don't mind. Sure, look, but that's, yeah. Well, at least uh, their striker isn't in great form. No, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I can't even, which one? No, I don't know. She doesn't no. play for Arsenal. No. no, I don't know. They haven't think, seen her recently yeah, or anything. Yeah, no. you're, you're, you're one, yeah, you're one with blonde hair anyway. Mm. That narrows it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like I say, we're just, we're just on track. Um, and I think, again, this is, it is one of these scenarios where, yeah, you, you really wouldn't have expected to be qualifying now for a World Cup, but everything's just going on track. I think we have learned, obviously, a lot from the last campaign, and it's the cliche, it's the, it's the take each game as it comes. But I, like, I don't think we did that in the last campaign, you know, and a lot happened. Obviously, pand- pandemic happened, and then you just started thinking forward or things were paused and... You were like, oh, this is the game. This is the one. Whereas in, you know, even now against games like Sweden, sometimes you're kind of like, okay, yeah, we're going to find it really difficult to get points here. You kind of, oh, we better make sure we're kind of thinking about, you know, these being realistic as well. It's not like admitting feet. It's actually just kind of looking right. Where can we really pick up our points? But now we're approaching this Sweden game and it's kind of like, you know what, if we don't come out 
with at least a point, it's a, you know, it's going to be, that's going to be a disappointing result for us. I think just how we're, how we're approaching games, how people are performing um, and just the buzz in the camp is just, it's, it is just amazing. You know, th- that group and that, you know, the, the players mm-hmm. that we have in there right now, it's just, it's just coming together really well. Louise, yeah. in terms of, sorry, just in terms of obviously the country, obviously we're in a good place to qualify, you know, um, and there's obviously a great buzz around the country. You could see it in Tallow when you're at the games. You've obviously played abroad as well and many countries that are progressing rapidly. Like, what do you think if we actually did qualify? What could it do for us as a country in terms of the sport, in terms of the grassroots game, just the country in general and, and women's and girls football around the place? You know, what do you think, you know, qualifying for a major tournament could do for the sport? I just think it is... It's just, it's what's going to just make it explode and make the league, you know, turn what we wanted to turn into, like at least semi-professional, get up to that level. I think that'll just, that'll just happen instantly. Um, I think, you know, you can, you, you saw it with the, with the hockey, you know, kind of qualifying Olympics, World Cups, everything. And you can just see that sport again. It's just, it's just taken off. Um, and then you see it again in in so many other countries so again Italy would actually be a really kind of a a prime example for me and it's it is one of those tough ones that they they absolutely love and adore football um but then yeah you know they don't kind of give some the women's game the respect that it should but then they go and they qualify for the euros i think it was and they i think they were kind of the underdogs just going all the way through and actually just playing mm. unbelievable football like they, you know, they were they were probably my favorite team to watch, um, to be honest. About what they were bringing to the games, but then again, so you can see that now and now next year the Italian league, the Serie A, is going like you know fully professional. There's all all the standards have to be met, um, you know, and and then just watching and kind of seeing how the mentality then of of that has changed. Like the Italians, the girls would have been telling me stories about mm. even in the last year or two, just what's changed and how actually people look at women's football, you know, differently and actually see still as much, you know, same in the men's game, the passion, the skill that goes on in Italian football is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Hopefully it's something for us to look forward to. I'm loving the mindset shift by the whole team. And obviously we just can't wait to, see you play against Sweden. It feels like it's been a while since we've um, seen you play uh, a competitive game. So really, really looking forward to that one. Louise, thanks so much for joining us on the Koi Gig podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, girls. Absolutely. Thanks, Louise. Pleasure. Loved it. Well, that's all from myself, Pearl and Emma on this week's Koi Gig pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland's women's national team. As ever, we'll be back with you again next week. So make sure you're subscribed to the Koi Gig pod feed in all your usual places and we will chat to you next week the koi gig pod and otb sports in association with cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support